first greet all the delegates at the African Youth Nuclear Summit uh, for 2021. Uh, that is held under the theme, the impact of nuclear science and technology applications on economic recovery in Africa post COVID-19 pandemic. So I had time to think a little bit about this presentation because I had committed to speak on this title, um, I think a month or so ago. And uh, since then, I've had time to to reflect and 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 make determination that it would best serve the conference if it is given from uh, a narrow perspective of uh, Africa. So this topic, I chose it because I felt and found it to be very fascinating. It's not a a, 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 an area within which I'm an expert, but I felt it was important because it touches, uh, it speaks to the heart of uh, some of the problems that we are facing in the continent. And I felt that it is important that we engage on it as young people and see if we cannot take it up to, 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 to you know, to, um, especially with regards to the support that is given by the IAEA to the member states with regards to the management of uh, uh, disused silt radioactive sources globally. So that is the, the sort of like a, a, you know, a background on what informed this particular presentation. So let me first start by saying that um, the, 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 the silt radioactive sources uh, in themselves are used extensively uh, globally. They are used in, in agriculture, they are used in industry, they are used in medicine and various research areas all around the world because these sources, you know, from, from them being manufactured, have certain advantages that uh, can be explored in these different industries, especially, for instance, uh, in the medicine industry, such as cancer treatment and imaging and, and, on, and all those aspects. So they are important and uh, the world needs them. Uh, and with regards to the total inventory of these sources worldwide, well, it's not uh, immediately conclusive as to what are the numbers? But it is estimated that there are a million of these sources that are moving around across the world from the manufacturers going to the end users and so on and so forth. So majority of these sources are very small in size, but they contain a very high concentration of radionuclides and emit intense radiation. And uh, as a result would require uh, have, uh, you know, heavy shielding uh, in terms of the type of containers that are used to contain them. And the intended purpose of that is for safe use uh, as well as when, you, when they're being transported and stored. So from the IAEA, there is uh, 11 isotopes of concern that have been identified from a safety perspective. And these are as 
outlined the cobalt 60, cesium 137, iridium 192, strontium 90, americium 241, and so on and so forth. And these are used in different applications. But the Center for Non-Proliferation Studies classifies out of these 11, seven radioisotopes that are considered to be of particular uh, greatest security risk. And these are those that have been uh, outlined there. So what normally happens is that these type of sources are produced in pellets or in, in this instance, cobalt 60 or in powder form uh, for instance, uh, uh, CCM-137. And because of that nature of their compactness and uh, char uh, characteristics uh, from the, the way that they are produced, they can easily, in the wrong hands, be used in what is loosely named dirty bombs or otherwise formerly known as explosive devices. Now, these radioisotopes have many end users, as you would imagine, because we use them around the world in the fields that I've already uh, mentioned. And because of that particular point, they require a stringent high priority controls from a regulatory perspective, from a security perspective, as well as from a safety or radiation protect, uh, protection uh, perspective. So this is the crux of what now comes through as disused radioactive, uh, sealed radioactive sources. Because what ends up happening is that with these sealed radioactive sources, once they, they reach their end of life, they become disused or spent and they need to be handled appropriately. Okay. So what do we talk about when we talk about disused sealed radioactive sources? So these are sources that are no longer in use as authorized because the sealed radioactive sources need to be authorized from the manufacturer for the specific purpose that they are intended for. But once they are depleted or spent or no longer fit for purpose as authorized, then they become disused sealed radioactive sources because they are no longer suitable for their intended purpose due to over time radioactive decay. However, the DSRS, in, in, even when they are disused or spent, they still possess highly uh, radioactive uh, in, 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 in their makeup. They are highly radioactive and are a potential hazard uh, to human health as well as the environment. Now, accidents with these sources in the past, and I'm not going to go deeper into these type of accidents. There have been uh, a number of them around the world. Uh, 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 these type of accidents have resulted in contamination of large areas. And these areas, once they are contaminated, they require costly cleanup operations for mitigation of the consequences of such accidents. Now you can imagine the costs that are involved as well as the human resources, as well as the, the impact to the environment and God forbid the, 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 the health effects that might result if human beings are, are exposed. 
Now, in order to prevent radiological accidents from these sources, as well as injuries, um, especially when using these high uh, activity sealed radioactive uh, sources, we require a regulation of these sources. And these are those that are listed there. The need of a prior of a prior authorization, as I've already mentioned, these are authorized from the manufacturers and the, the regulators need to also know about them. There has to be systems in place to be able to know where these sources come from, whether they intended purposes and they are utilized uh, for their intended purposes. And of course, harmonization of source records. You need to know what source it is, uh, how how uh, what is the activity of the source, as well as uh, you know uh, other characteristic information with regards to that source, so that you can be able to track it properly. And of course, uh, uh, that follows uh, to the to the third point, which is strict source. Uh, tracking. You need to know at all material times where these sources are, where they end, where they come from. Follow them throughout. And this is done through records. People, of course, need to train to be trained in order to handle these programs uh, uh, properly, especially the users, either hospitals or in the agricultural sector or in industry or in other any other area where they are they are utilized. Now, as you know, historically, these sources have been used, but as now new regulations, especially uh, national, the setup of a regulatory framework in a lot of countries, you find a situation where the recording of these sources starts at the time where the regulatory framework is set up. And therefore, there, there, there is a high risk of having often sources, which are sources that are out there, but you would not otherwise know about them because the regulatory framework started capturing records from the point when it was uh, 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 it was uh, activated as a, as, a, as a regulator of a particular state. Then, of course, you have to also have establishment of financial provisions for the safe management. You have to to, to, you know, to have the financial setup so that you can be able to handle these sources. And once they are depleted, be able to condition and address them accordingly. So at times you'll find that uh, the users resort to return or transfer disused sources to a supplier or to a recognized installation provided that it is available in the in the country now there are handling options that are available is storage which might happen at the user's site or collection where the country has a central and central management facility or there could be recycling if the country has facilities to recycle these products or dispose of those as well as retaining them uh, to the original supplier now, this is the circle of a, 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 a sealed radioactive source. It comes from the manufacturer, and then from there, it is exported or imported, depending on whether the, 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 which country you are dealing with, and it is distributed across the globe. And of course, it is installed wherever it is required. And then and there is also commissioning as, uh, as required by the facility. Then it is used 
once it is uh, uh, exhausted or depleted or spent or disused, then there has to be decommissioning as well as disposal. And the circle uh, goes round and round. And in throughout the circle of this, there has to be control measures that are in place. Stakeholders' role and responsibilities within uh, uh, the circle of these uh, sources as proposed in the previous slide are such that you have users and these are the, 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 the entities or organizations that need to declare this uh, source that the source is no longer in use, either to return it to the supplier, prepare funding for end-of-life management of the disused sources. Then the suppliers and the manufacturers are those that would uh, accept the return of the source uh, they have supplied or to support the return of those manufactured by others in case of source exchange to develop coordinated approach among manufacturers. The waste management are those that would have, have the responsibility and the role to develop and implement a final disposal plan uh, which may be different from country to country and clearly defines waste processes and associated criteria and costs for the effective management of the sources. Then there is policymakers who go hand in hand, of course, with the regulators. They are the ones who define the rules and the regulations in force of, reg of those regulations, etc., uh, etc. Et then the transport and logistics. How do these sources get transported from one place to the next? And these uh, 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 stakeholders have the role and responsibility of making sure that uh, 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 they are shipped to ensure that the logistic chain is professionally dealt with and uh, carried out using or following regulatory requirements. Then the law enforcement, because these can also be stolen, they can also be, uh, 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 can fall into the wrong hands. So these guys, they have to make sure that uh, they are the first respondents to the incident and uh, uh, also address issues of national response, uh, response and as well as providing security during transportation. So from the cycle of uh, the source that I've shown you, from manufacturing up until uh, uh, disposal. Things are not always um, as straightforward as that circle shows. There are certain things that normally happens that of course cause a lot of problems with this type of sources. For instance, there are studies that have been done by the, e the EU Commission on, 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 on these uh, 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 disused, uh, sealed radioactive sources. And what they show is that these sources, once they come from the manufacturers and they are taken to, you know, the equipment and, 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 and installed and then uh, the user gets hold of them. The user has to use them. They can either recycle them or keep them under maintenance. But what is important is what comes in the next level, which is that these sources can end up being lost or they can end up being disused and recorded appropriately and stored by the user. Or in other instances, you may find that there is an unauthorized disposal because the cost of actually handling these disused radioactive sources is so large that the user does not want to, to deal with them. So if things go according to plan, 
what you end up with is a central facility where they are conditioned and there is long-term interim storage with the aim of having an approved disposal at a later stage. Now, um, within the, the African continent. These cell radioactive sources, of course, are used just like the rest of the world in industrial medicine in research. And it is expected that the trend is going to grow, especially with the blowing up of the African population and developments that are happening, which we are trying to address, of course, through uh, you know, our respective areas, such as nuclear uh, uh, peaceful uses of nuclear energy. And then, of course, industrialization and high standards of living. As the standards of living uh, increases, you find that the med- application of me- uh, uh, radioactive uh, sources in the medical fraternity, in industry, in research grows. And therefore, we are accumulating more and more silt radioactive sources and as a result, eventually end up with a, a huge amount of a, a disused ra- silt radioactive sources. So the infrastructure in the African continent of the management of DSRSs is not uniform and has its own challenges. Among the factors, of course, that are hampering progress are the financial constraints. As you know, that there's a lot of African countries who are having, you know, uh, uh, financial constraints such that they prioritize certain areas and end up neglecting this particular area. The second one is that there is absent or incomplete inventories. There is no proper tracking of these uh, disused radioactive sources. And as a result, we don't know where they are, and then we cannot track them. They can fall uh, into any hands or expose uh, the population if not uh, if people are not uh, conscientized and, and are not aware of, of their existence in the area. The, the, the inappropriate storage or disposal, uh, which is a very important one, and in, in, in fact, the crux of the matter in, in our discussion today. Then there's also the limited number of qualified and experienced staff. And that's why now, as a young people who are in the nuclear industry, especially in this conference, it becomes important to look into this matter and see what roles we can play in advocating and advancing this particular area and making sure it is capacitated properly with qualified and experienced staff. Now, the lack of awareness of the importance of safe and secure management of DSRSs may be, of course, compounding the problem. Because if we are not aware, then we have problems. And it is not the public only that is not aware. Also, the, 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 you find that even in the different industries, they are not aware of how to handle these things. They just leave them exposed or they just put them away without recording properly of their existence. And as a result, as management changes uh, or leadership changes, then we lose track of these uh, disused radioactive sources. Now, 70% of the IE member states in the African region are classified as least developed countries. And majority of these countries have limited resources, both from a financial as well as a technical perspective. And they lack the capacity to manage these DSRS uh, sources. And as a result, they are unable to estimate the inventory, as I've already mentioned, both those that are are stored as well as those that are disposed. They are unable to estimate the number of sources that are available. Uh, 
uh, either those that are purchased or those that, that are declared as, as, as disused. They are unable to understand the full cycle of the sealed radioactive sources, where they come from the, from the manufacturing and where they end, uh, so to speak, from cradle to grave, as demonstrated by that cycle of the source life that I've shown you in one of my, side, uh, my slides. They, uh, there is also an inability to adequately estimate the number of lost or often sources, simply because the regulatory framework that is implemented, you'll find that it is not tracking the sources that existed before it came into being. They are also unable to determine the actual number of sources that are lost uh, from the system of regu regulatory control, because not only are we dealing with lost or often sources that came before regulatory framework, but you may have instances where sources are lost, even with the regulatory framework in place, because in some instances you find that the regulatory framework is not well capacitated. And, have no, and you find that a lot of countries have no long-term disposal route available for these disused sealed sources and have limited interim storages facilities. And their management practices, including the storage on the site or collection, central management facilities, recycling, or sending them back to the supplier, uh, these are not uh, uh, well established. And they, uh, if they are, they are really varied at different levels. Regulations relating to the use of sources are also limited with a lot of these uh, countries on the continent. Now, what we need is a proper management of these uh, disused uh, sealed radioactive sources. Going further, of course, there are those that are high activity radioactive sources, which are SHARs. And these are the type of sources that require a, a proper high technical levels of handling, such as hot cells. Uh, and they are the most problematic uh, to handle and require specialized uh, trained uh, staff. So we have to have also the clear defined standards, procedures, as well as suitable technologies to be able to, to handle this. And I've already mentioned uh, one of them, which is hot cells. Of course, they come with their own tools and so on and so forth. Now, as far as I know, uh, uh, Nexa, especially on the continent, is, 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 is uh, one institution that has this particular type of uh, tools that uh, uh, they have been able to build uh, together with the expertise over a number of years. And then here I'm talking about the hot cells that can be able to be taken to countries. And this has already happened already in the continent with a number of countries such as Tanzania. And also they've helped with, uh, in Ghana, of course, with the, with the boreholes and, and so on and so forth. But these are far in between and fragmented projects they have to be well-coordinated. They have to be more spread out and capture as much African countries as possible. Now, these expertise are what are required, of course, uh, in order to be able to do this type of, of work. And they've been developed over the years with uh, working with the IEA, among other stakeholders, in the framework of management of DSRSs. There are also other countries, of course, that are doing this type of management, but I'm focusing more on the, on the African con uh, continent because we are talking about 
the solutions that we as Africans are able to bring amongst ourselves and collaborate and partner in order to make sure that we address these problems. The IEA, of course, plays an instrumental and a very fundamental and powerful role in making sure that it continues to assist with strengthening of national regulatory infrastructures in these member states, in these member states, and this can be in capacity building, uh, staff training, expertise, and so on and so forth, and also in making sure that when member states come to the IEA seeking assistance, they are able to provide that assistance, which may come in the financial contributions to be able to run those particular projects of addressing the issue of uh, DSRS management. Now, it is my belief that these partnerships and collaborations, especially on the African continent, must be strengthened in order to address the issues of management of DSRS, uh, either through the transfer to another authorized users or uh, uh, return to the suppliers and manufacturers or storage prior to disposal or disposal uh, 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 using both technical and expertise that are required. Awareness around DSRS is, is of course a priority. And we as the AYGN, as the champions and as the advocates of these uh, peaceful uses of nuclear technology must at all material times seek to push this awareness and make sure that these are handled properly because failure to do so would mean that uh, these are exposed to nefarious entities that might use them for nefarious intents, and as a result, swell the image of the industry that we are working within, which is already getting and receiving a battering as things stand. So it is an area that we should not neglect. And we are at an advantageous position because we have the YGNs in their own respective countries that can actually work hand in hand with their own countries and the regulators and uh, safety institutions to make sure that the safety and security of these particular sources becomes paramount and it is addressed, it is looked into. And in fact, if necessary, we go into it and train and take advantages of the opportunities that the IE is providing us and make sure that we become specialists in this area, we become experts in this area to make sure that we assist our countries in handling uh, this particular issue. Now, in closing, I'd like to say that these pictures actually demonstrate what can happen with these type of sources. The way that they are stored uh, is really uh, leaves a lot to be desired in many instances. And sometimes they end up being lost because of that area and they end up in wrong hands. And they sometimes you find that the they, 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 they encasing that are used to, to store them deteriorates and they can no longer be transported properly and so on. And that in itself is an area that requires a, a, a lot of understanding because it's quite broad in terms of how these are handled how they are transported, where they can be stored. Some countries like Ghana are using the borehole, they are looking into the borehole. Others are looking into uh, interim storages. Others are looking to send them back to the suppliers. But each and every one of these areas requires proper assessment, proper study, because there are uh, pros and cons 
that are associated with it. Like, for instance, the licensing of the equipment of the uh, transporting systems that can be used to send to uh, 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 foreign countries where these sources come from. Of course, also geopolitical issues are also involved. So we need to understand this area quite well. We need to look into it. I'm, I'm aging uh, our as delegates who come from all these African countries to go into our respective countries and champion this course, look into it, investigate it, study more about it, popularize it, partner with the IAEA to look into it and look into other organizations such as uh, uh, the South African Nuclear Energy Corporations and see how we can uh, partner with, with these institutions uh, because they have these tools and make provisions for budgeting and become the, the ambassadors of this area so that these sources are properly handled. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Doc, for that presentation. We'll take questions now. From our online community, you can raise your hands in the chat box and ask your question. We have a question here. Thank you, Dr. Nakstali, for a wonderful presentation. Um, my question is, uh, do we have any statistics on countries that are effectively using inventories to manage their sources in Africa specifically? Uh, thank you for that question. Actually, that is a very, very, very important question. And uh, we are uh, seized with uh, understanding exactly that question because data from a statistic perspective, which is very important when you're doing market analysis and you try to understand, you know, this particular area of DSRS, you will find that the, that information is very scant, if not non-existent. And that is because the, these type of sources in their nature uh, end up becoming a, a security matter. So in order to be able to uh, and of course, the, 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 the situation is compounded by the fact that uh, uh, a lot of the African countries, they do not keep uh, proper inventory. And in many instances, that inventory is non-existent. So it, 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 is, it is for this reason that we, why we need young people to get into this area and look into it with a microscope, microscope and come through the details of really coming with a, a proper record keeping of this inventory so that we can be able to answer this particular question that you've, you've asked. Uh, but indeed, uh, a very uh, brilliant question that you've asked. Thank you. Thank you. Um, the reason I was asking this question is because um, I've had the advantage of working on a tool that the IAEA um, provides to manage sources. So the tool is called um, RACE. It's a, an online system that is used to track um, sources that are used within the country. And I guess if the delegates are interested in, in, in the program, they can actually visit the IAEA website. Thank you. Yes, okay, maybe just as a, okay. Sorry, 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 Che. Uh, maybe just as a follow-up, I, I I know exactly what you are talking about. We had a a, 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 a conference last week at Afkone, and this was one of the issues that was uh, uh, talked about the the race, and 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 one of the complaints that came through was 
we need to have more and more countries volunteering that information into the database so that they can be proper recording of that database. And of course, that database is not easily uh, accessible to any uh, anybody. But the advice that was given, which I feel that young people can exploit, is that each and every country has a champion who is designated purely because of their expertise and their technical know-how to work with the race database and volunteer this information because they would know where this information comes from and how accurate it is. And therefore, partnering with them as young people, you could be allowed to also access the database, provided that you work with them closely to now update the database that comes from the, your respective countries. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. We have another question. Please go ahead. Um, thank you very much, Mr. Presenter. Uh, we all know how dangerous these sources could be. So my question is, um, if these sources are found in the industry or in hospitals, um, how does the regulatory body actually dispose of these sources? Okay, th thank you for that question. Actually, the question that you've just asked talks to the tools that are available uh, and by the way, I should mention that uh, the tools that are available to handle this type of sources are very limited globally, you know. And if you look at Africa itself, you have the tool in one country, in, 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 in South Africa, of course, with the South African Nuclear Energy Corporation. And depending on the, the type of uh, radioactive sources that you are handling, especially these shards, which are highly active, which require the hot cells and so on. And the logistics of actually transporting these things are totally, it assists because this regulatory uh, entry of these uh, uh, sources. So the, 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 the issue of how to dispose them, it is a partnership that comes through uh, either if the country has a budget they can, of course, uh, perhaps uh, look to fund a project that can be able to address these things properly because they require handling. It's not like you can just pick it up and, and, and put it somewhere. It's a, it's a protracted process that requires a regulatory, radiation protection, safety, security, and all these measures and, and expertise that are intended in there. And of course, if there's no budget, then you would, of course, rely on the IEA to assist you provided the funds are, are available. But that is exactly the problem. The lack of funding is the one that is causing uh, a lot of problems. And I think uh, perhaps it would not be far-fetched to say that uh, the African countries, maybe perhaps through the framework of uh, uh, the Palendaba Treaty uh, provision uh, uh, and, and through AFCONE, uh, look into this matter and take advantage of AYGN, young people who are working in the industry, to come up with uh, ideas and, 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 and concepts of how these things can be handled and make provision for a budget that can be intended to address uh, these particular uh, sources in, on the continent. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. 
Thank you, Dr. Neftali, for the interesting lecture. Uh, my question is uh, regarding South African do, um, work in management of radioactive sources. Do you have physical protection systems? Because we have to make sure that those disposed sources are not on the hand of terrorists. Thank you. Yes, uh, that is uh, that is a very important one uh, that you you've just mentioned, uh, Tibian. Uh, yes, of course, there are those uh, protective measures. Uh, these require protective gears, and of course, there are other presentations uh, slides that I can share with the colleagues, perhaps outside of the the, the formal uh, program, uh, without taking too much time of uh, the chairperson, uh, to demonstrate that these hot cells, which are used by using micromanipulators, which are hands that are used to handle the radioactive sources, especially when we are dismantling their cases and 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 and, and uh, 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 developing or rather uh, uh, putting them in newly manufactured encasing so that they can be taken in a new casing that can be able to sustain itself for quite some time and stored at the, an appropriate facility which would have been designated by the regulator as well as uh, the country and with security measures and uh, radio protective as well as safety measures in place. The important thing with regards to the issue of terrorism and whatnot is that you don't want a situation where often sources that really needs to be found and can only be found through uh, going through the records. Really, you don't want them to end up in the wrong hands. You need to find them. But that requires a budget and it requires technical resources, which you know young people can play a role in there. And secondary to that, these sources that are within the regulatory framework, in other words, those that are being uh, handled by the regulator, also themselves will find that uh, the regulator is not well capacitated to follow through with the users as to where their sources come from, where they are, what shape are they in, are they disused or are they still uh, active, especially when they are becoming to be depleted? And you find that uh, because this, uh, there's supposed to be financial provision made by the users to say, we are buying this particular source and to use it at the hospital or, the, or at an agricultural facility. Within the, the, the quotation or the amount or the cost of this uh, a, a source as provided for by the manufacturer. We are also including a provisional budget that is intended to make sure that when this source becomes disused, the budget is available to handle it properly in terms of uh, storage, storing it or disposing of it. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much.